You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 182. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 182. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. You ready to do this, baby? Ready. Are you ready? I I think you need to just... The last couple episodes, you've been like worked up. Before. Worked up? Hey, isn't that what you need in a sidekick? You got a hype man. You're a yeah. hype man. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, white people be like. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. We are excited to have you here as always. Hope that your holiday season isn't too cray out there. Ours yeah. has been remarkably chill. Really chill. Like, I'm hardly even in the season. Right. That's but how tomorrow I feel. we change that. Tomorrow everything changes. Everything changes. <laughs> Mr. Smith is taking me to Sounds see like a movie promo. an epic rendition of A Christmas Carol at a, a theater house that's out here that's really, really popular. Yeah. So we're really excited about that. But we haven't been able to do our regular decorations for the house. We didn't do gifts this year because if you guys listen to my episode about the Trump presidency, which I'll I'll link in the show notes. We've decided to give all of our yeah, Christmas donate. money to charities that might be adversely affected by uh, the new uh, president-elect. So that's been amazing. Like, mm-hmm. selfishly, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't have to shop for anything. That's I don't so have to nice. wrap anything. Like, it's, it's Fighting it's, crowds is not my idea of fun. Oh, it's dumb. It's so dumb. I. It's so funny to me that it's supposed to be, like, the holiday spirit, and yeah. we're... So mean. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I'm done. Yeah. Oh my god. No good. So today we are going to talk about what it looks like to really love yourself when you don't love your circumstance, when you don't love your job, your weight, your life. You're not happy with your marriage or your relationship, and you're going, yeah, I, I'll get right on that to love myself, right? You're going, yeah. How on earth is that even possible? Yeah. So that's what we're going to dig into today because I do think that there's a lot of times that people check off all these boxes and they kind of think, oh, well, I got the degree and I got all this stuff and I lost the weight and why am I still not fucking happy? Because they're putting all of this emphasis on the the external instead of the internal. So the same can be true for loving yourself even mm-hmm. though you don't love your circumstance. You can go, I don't love this weight but I'd still love me, and you changed the goal. So it's a different relationship that we'll dig into. Nice. So a couple of announcements before we jump in that you need to know about. So this actually involves a free shit alert. We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. So I wanted to tell you about a free offering that a colleague of mine has going on right now, and... Her name is uh, Dr. Janine Staples, and she is kind of the guru over at, I hate that word, 
the leader, the <laughs> chief at as whatever, over at the Supreme Love Project. And she recently did a free interview series that I was a part of. And you can actually go to uh, thejoyjunkie.com slash crush and you can get access to the remaining interviews that are happening for the next two weeks. So you could still get access oh, to, wow. I, I think, like 10 or 12-ish episodes that she's going to be releasing for free. Now, my particular episode has already aired, so mm. you won't be able to <clears throat> be privy to that unless you buy it, which it's actually really inexpensive. I think it's like 30 bucks or something. But... It's still a whole wealth of information from other experts talking about how to kind of, uh, Janine calls it crushing the coldness in your soul. So all of the things that leave us feeling kind of icy. So I would I would kind of equate that to losing our personal power, not loving who we are, not really truly having joy and happiness and mm-hmm. all of those things that kind of get in our way. So all of the experts have outlined three ways to do things. So you know I love actionable step-by-step things. For sure. So the event is called Cold Crush. And if you're interested in getting in on the remaining handful of interviews, all you got to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash crush. And I'll also have that link in the show notes as well so you can check it out and grab uh, some more information because who doesn't like free shit, right? I love it. I love free shit. And if you're happening to listen to this episode the day it drops, because I know a bunch of junkies do, they're like, hit refresh, hit refresh on my podcast <laughs> app, which we fucking love you for. <clears throat> love it. Today, December 19th, the the day that this airs, is the very last day to get in on the early bird pricing for the self-love revolution retreat that I am co-hosting with my bestie and business partner, Andrea Owen. And we are totally filling up. We have people all over, from all over the U.S. who are joining us for this amazing that event. so cool. It's a four-day, three-night retreat that we're having exclusively for 20 women. Mm. And it's going to be held in this gorgeous boutique hotel in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about it on the pod. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, as in-depth, but over the course of that, those four days, we're going to do a, a real intricate deep dive into all of the components that uh, really fuel and impact your personal self-love. So I'm going to put that link in the show notes page as well. If you want to go there directly, you can just go to theselfloverevolution.com. But as of tomorrow, the 20th, the price, whether you do the payment plan or a one lump sum, will jump by $250. Wow. That is if there are still spots available. So if you're interested, you know 2017 is the year that you want to actually like who you are then I would really consider making this investment in yourself. and Or yeah. even if you like who you are and you just want to like yourself more. Right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. So without further ado, let's pass the mic over to the Robin to my Batman. <laughs> the Robin to my Barry Gibbs. Here I am. The Robin to my uh, wow. Howard Stern. Wow. <laughs> Pull it off. Isn't that crazy? There's a lot of Robin sidekicks. So, yeah, I guess I'm Robin now. I guess. All right. Uh, Robin the Cradle. Ah! Since 1997. (laughs) Would you rather? All right. So, today's Would You Rather is, would you rather, if you could not get hurt. Okay. Okay. All right. Yikes. 
If you couldn't get hurt, would you rather float on lava or float in space? I think lava for sure. Yeah, why? Because space fucking terrifies me. Mm, why does it terrify you so it much? It just... You couldn't get hurt. Um... Yeah, I just... <laughs> Can't get over that one, It's huh? too unknown. <clears throat> At least if I'm... Well, a... Okay, let's, let me put it this way. There's been people that have floated in space and lived. Come back to Earth and live fully functional lives. There's never been anyone to float on lava and live. Yeah, but that's because they would get hurt. Right. So it's not that it's that you don't know anything about it. There's astronauts. I don't really feel like that's a good sound argument, but I really Why? appreciate that. Uh, just okay. So just by saying it's not a sound argument makes it not a sound argument. <laughs> In my mind, yeah. Oh. So no, I just don't feel like that's a sound argument because we're eliminating the the element of getting hurt. That's which would be more fun. Floating on lava or okay, that's in space. different. That's different. What would be more fun? I don't know though. The space just creeps me out. It's yeah. way too vast. You can't like. Yeah, that is pretty creepy. There's like gases like that, that you're not aware. What? And there's like black holes and shit in other universes. I just can't. You don't have to go that far. I can't with that. Just float out by the moon. Just atmosphere style. Yeah. All I would. Right. I think I'd rather surf, like uh, float on lava. After all that, mm -hmm. you would rather do the lava too. I would because oh, it would God. be the, it would be the first to ever do it. <laughs> There's people that have been in space, never anybody that lived off lava. Lived off lava? Lived on or, you know, touched lava and lived. I don't I think you need to clean up this segment. Ew. <laughs> How dare you? I have a lot of audience members that appreciate my segment, so you can kiss it. Oh my god! Get he is getting sassy, everybody. Just I can't all even. up on. Did you see my neck start to go? Oh my gosh! Let's mm -hmm. let's get to some content. Let's do it. So let's talk about what the hell to do when you hear people like me, or or you see these lovely memes that are like "love yourself unconditionally," and you're like, "Really?" Because I'm super mean to myself. I hate this my current weight. I'm super unhappy in my job. I'm not happy with my kids, my husband, whatever. Yeah. And it feels like the hardest thing in the world to actually like who you are or be kind to yourself. And I think this comes from us collapsing our self-worth and our views of ourselves with our current circumstances. So if you're in a relationship that you don't love or a job that, that you don't thrive in or whatever it happens to be, it's so it's like fodder for your inner critic to for attach sure. to and go, see, you can't even pick a good partner. See, you can't even make it in a, this career. Yeah. And so it makes it it's almost like the cards are stacked against you. It makes it even harder to go, yeah, but I love me, you know, because it feels like a big lie because you're taking your circumstance as evidence that you are shitty and you aren't. Your circumstances. So one of the things that I love to tell people is you can love who you are and not love your circumstance. Right. So this always like blows people's minds when I tell them like you don't have to love that you're 50 pounds overweight. Like yeah. loving yourself does not mean 
yay, I fucking love this extra weight. Or it doesn't mean that you are ungrateful if you don't love the job that you're in. Like a lot of times we take whatever circumstance we are that we're in and we make it mean something else. And we're going to kind of get into that in a second. But like for instance, if you're in a job that is like, let's say really well paying, but you are super unhappy. Yeah, I don't like it. You make it mean I'm ungrateful because I have this great job that I don't like. No, you could still be super grateful for that job and not want to be there. Like those things can coexist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that I'll, I'll always do, like specifically around body image or things like that where we think, oh, there's no way I could love myself if I'm, you know, a little heavier. So I just speak really kindly to myself because let's not get it twisted. My body just responds to the shit I choose to eat, the activity I choose not to do, the whiskey I choose to drink. (laughs) That's right. You know, my body is just like, dude, could you help a sister out here? Because, you know, so I think we get it really twisted in a lot of ways where we, when we're unhappy with a circumstance like that, we want something to blame. So the easiest thing for us, not to mention that we're, you know, really surrounded by these sorts of messages in the media, the easiest thing is just to be fucking mean to ourselves, mean to our bodies, and and in turn, not allow ourselves to really like who we are or love who we are. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm like a little overweight or having a hard time with something physically, like for me, my big issue is skin. So if my skin is breaking out, I don't think for one second that I'm like, yay, I love my fucking acne, right? Like, I don't think that, but I sure as fuck love Amy. And it's not my skin's fault. It's usually just something that I ate or some harsh shit that I did to it. It's not my skin's fault. And it's a circumstance. It doesn't mean that's me and my worth and, you know, that I deserve to berate myself because there's a circumstance I don't like. Right, yeah. So the way in which this usually shows up for us is we think, well, I can't, I'll love myself as soon as I lose that weight. Or I'll love myself as soon as I own my own physical therapy center. Right. I'll love myself as soon as he proposes. As soon as I'm engaged and that I don't have to deal with this like stupid conversation of when are you guys going to get engaged, then I think I'll really be happy. And we don't usually say things like, in our own mind, we don't usually say, then I'll love myself or then I'll be worthy. We usually just say, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And so we take <clears throat> yeah. all of these things that we think that are ultimately just circumstance, just situation. Getting engaged is a situation. It doesn't have anything to do with your worth as a human yeah, I, it, you know, the irony there is that once we start kind of getting more detailed and more um, more loving to ourselves, we start making better decisions. Right. That's you know? exactly right. I mean, wow, like truly such a great, It like it comes full circle. Yeah. It totally comes full it's circle. It's the other way around. 
is right. what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. yeah. Well, and now it's like if I'm off track with my health in some way or eating something that I know flares up my skin or something like that, I apologize to my body instead of berating it and defaming mm-hmm. it. So I'll say, oh, honey, I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had that gluten. God damn it. Nah. And damn that gluten. And thank you so much for trying to fight off that, you know, that blemish. And I, I, I'm, I hear you and I'm going to work harder at that. Instead of looking at myself and saying, you suck, you're shitty, you're, you're ugly, ugly. Right. you're, you know, no, this situation <clears throat> sucks, but I don't. And that's what I want you guys to start entertaining the idea of, because we're not really conditioned to believe that. I mean, for many of us, I mean, even think about you growing up. What were the messages that you received about what would equate a happy life? Most of the time, our parents say something about education, like you need to go get an education. Sure. Uh, sometimes it's following in your family's footsteps, going to the same colleges or maybe taking over a family business. It could be you got messaging from your mom that you'll be happy as long as you are this size or the, and maybe even your father or you got messaging from how they behaved. Maybe they didn't even say anything, but you interpreted things to mean I'll be happy if I'm thin, if I get married or, you know, if I have a baby, as soon as I buy a house, as soon as I have this incredible career, we kind of <clears throat> keep a running tally throughout our life of here are the things that I think will finally create freedom for me mm-hmm. these are the things that i think will finally allow me to like who i am they're usually external though it's exactly right <clears throat> we're looking external for an internal problem yes mm-hmm. mic drop mr smith oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that's exactly right and i have found that in my in my business in particular it is it's a very interesting education of the audience because when you first get involved in personal development, there is, and maybe all of you guys listening know this moment, like a real pivotal moment. And it, for me, it was when I really got involved in in coaching and started going to coaching conferences and stuff in yeah. you know the early to mid 2000s. And I was sideswiped that I had this much fucking power. I did not realize that all of this, I had all this power to begin with. Yeah. And all it is is messaging and conditioning that we've had up until that breaking point. And then you hit that moment and most of you guys listening will be like, oh my God, it was when I read Brene Brown's book on this or when I started listening to the pod or when I started following so-and-so and you realize, oh shit, you mean it's not in the relationship? Yeah. It's not in the kid? It's not? <clears throat> no wonder I no haven't wonder. been happy this whole time. Right. So one of the things that I want you to start thinking about as we go through this is what would it look like if your goals, the things that are circumstantial or situational that you want to change, what if they were just in a category of betterment or goal setting instead of collapsing that with worth, collapsing that with love Mm -hmm. or, you know, caring about who you are. So for instance, the difference would be, let's take the weight example. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, I love this, how heavy I am. You can say, I love me. I am committed to loving the woman that I am. And I have a goal 
or a project or a circumstance or a situation where I would like to lose 50 pounds or where I would like to find some new skincare that cleans up my skin. I'm not happy with that with this situation, but I love me. And it's it's kind of just mentally untangling these things that we have meshed together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first piece of that is to just entertain that as an idea. Because for many of you, you've gone through your entire life striving for attainment of whatever you think that thing is that's going to magically unlock the happiness. Yeah. That is so true. And then the problem with that is it never fucking gets here. Because do you think you're actually happy with yourself when you lose 50 pounds? No. No. It's not. Now it's. Now I have loose skin. Now I have cellulite. Now it's like, if you don't do that root work where your circumstance doesn't define your self-love, you will always, always be chasing that. You'll always be striving. Because we move the bar. We're the ones who, who it's like the dangling carrot. We keep yep. moving it. Like, well, now we lost that weight. Now we've got skin issues. I now read a book about that called... Uh... What was it called? It was called um, Who Moved My Cheese? Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it was about like going through the maze as a rat, like getting to the cheese, and then you realize that the cheese wasn't there. It was You always had it with you in your backpack or something. You know, like it was kind of interesting how he put it. But yeah, you go through this maze of life looking for that cheese, and then you get to the end of the maze, and it's just more maze. Yep. <laughs> that's great and I'm going to put the link to who moved my cheese in the show notes too so that okay. you guys can check it out on Amazon if you'd like so that's great I mean and that that's the whole thing is we don't realize it but we're the ones who set that goal we're the ones who who keep moving the cheese we're the ones who keep moving what will create our worth so why don't we move it to a place where we can actually love ourselves now right so how 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 on earth do we do that yeah how do we do that amy well the first thing is every single thing that's going on for you i want you to watch what you make your goals mean and really look at them as additions to your life right so for instance if i if i know i want to lose weight or i know i want to get a new job i get to put that into my goal bucket, right? So I get to put that in my goal bucket and it's like, okay, we're going to get a new job, but that doesn't mean I have to talk shit to myself or be mean to myself now. So part of it is what I was talking about just a second ago is truly committing the mental separation of these things, right? So right now, think about a couple of circumstances or situations in your life right now that have left you really unhappy or unfulfilled. For many people, it's a relationship to somebody, their workplace, <clears throat> their career, their financial status. That's another huge one. Yeah, I'm worthless if I don't have all sorts of money in the bank or if I have debt, then yeah. I must be a loser. No, you just have debt. You don't have to make it mean anything. You're the one who chooses to mean you can't love yourself or you're not a valuable human. So you're saying we set goals regardless. Some of them are better for us. Some of of them are detrimental. But either way, you're setting a goal. Well, what I'm saying is 
is it's not necessarily about setting the goal. It's how you view the goal. It's that you view it as an addition, something that I want, that I'm going to strive and achieve for, but does not have to do with my worth or my self-love. So that if you don't attain it, then you can be sad, you can be bummed out, you can experience your emotions, but it doesn't have to mean that you go, okay, well, that must mean I'm a loser then, or I'm unlovable, or all of these massive conclusions that we make because we collapse our self-worth with the goal. So uncollapsing it is what I'm saying. Well, it just seems like the... um see if I can word this right. So I think people put a lot of themselves into their goals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when you even just saying that, putting myself into a goal, mm-hmm. that is attaching my self-worth to the end result. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it really it's really more about your spiritual investment in it. You know, okay. and and using semantics that support that, I think. Okay. So even if you were to say, like, these are the things that I would really like to have in my life, and I recognize that I'm already a valuable human, or valuable and person. I'm gotcha. still nice already, person. I'm still can choose to love myself now. Because what I don't want is I don't want people to stay in that cycle where they perpetually put their happiness and their self love on hold. Because they go, I can't, I, oh, but I haven't accomplished what I wanted, but I didn't make partner, but I didn't get, you know, picked for this or I, you know, whatever. So do you do it the opposite way too? Like, let's say you did make partner. Uh-huh. Do you consider, that's an add-on that's doesn't. Doesn't make you valuable make or worthy. Make my self-worth. Right? No, exactly. Yeah. So then you, whatever the circumstances, this is great. Thank you for bringing all this up. This is stuff that like, is so good. So good. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. So whatever the circumstances, you deal with that with whatever emotions are acceptable. So for instance, if you do attain the goal, fucking celebrate. You know, you're going to be excited, right. ecstatic. But if your goal is collapsed with your self-worth, and this is what we see all the time, that celebration place is very short-lived because then you're like on to the next thing. Well, now I'm, I'm still not good enough, so I need got to it, I need to move on it. to the next thing. Gotcha. So now we go, fuck yes, I just accomplished this thing. I'm so proud of myself, and I actually love who I am. And whatever happens next, awesome. But I still love me now. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's making them two different things: your relationship to who you are, and then your relationship to achieving things. Yeah, it's two different concepts that we collapse together got it so the second thing you know and so again just to underline that that first thing is really just the separating those two things so think about in your life if there's a circumstance or situation in which you want to change or make some advancements in or scale down on whatever it happens to be look at what you are making that circumstance mean and really get clear because that's the first place is you have to get clear on am I collapsing a goal Got it. with my self-love or self-worth? Mm-hmm. All right. And then the second thing, this is really, um, this is a harder thing to wrap your head around. So again, any the only way to create change and specifically create a change around something that you've had as a very strong belief for a long time is to simply begin to question it. So 
even if you take this next concept that I give you and just start to get curious about it. Like, what if this could actually be true? So give yourself radical permission to love yourself now. Now that, that taking that belief on, like I'm allowed to love myself now. I mean, I'm teaching an entire three month class about that shit. Like it takes time. Yeah. So I don't think for one second that you listen to this podcast and you're like, sweet, I get to give myself permission to love myself. No, I understand that you need to entertain this idea. And at first you're really resistant because you have nurtured a way of being your entire life where you have to pay for your worth. Yeah. You have to have Earn a your keep. penance to, for self-love. Yeah. Right? So now you're going, wait a minute, just by virtue of being a human, I'm allowed to love who I am? Wait. Then what the hell Say does that... What? What does that mean about trying to garner love from everybody in my life? What does that mean about all of this striving that I've done? What what and it <clears throat> it turns everything on its head. And it takes time to really believe that. So again, the first step is to just get curious, just question it. Like what if what if I could actually choose worth what if what if what if what if i've been the one deterring my self-worth and self-love this whole time and just stand in question so the i'll never forget this like i was reading about how we form our beliefs from tony robbins and he was talking about how the the very beginning piece of changing any belief system is to simply question it and if you think about how that relates I mean, we see people, I'm sure many of you guys can relate to somebody in your life who changed religions yeah. overnight, or maybe they chose to become really philanthropic for a cause, or they changed a political stance that they that was really polar opposite. The, the very first piece of that, always, it's not oftentimes overnight, the very first piece of that is questioning the beliefs they're holding right now. I mean, another great example are, are people who've broken free from a cult. Yeah. They were yeah. under a very specific <clears throat> set of beliefs. The only way they broke out of that was to start questioning. Wait a minute. What if this isn't all there is? What if what if I didn't have to live this way? It is the exact same thing with you believing your whole life that self-love is earned or you know must yeah. be attained through external factors the first step in changing that belief is simply questioning it so don't underestimate the power of inquiry around this because so many people are just like no just t- help tell me how to love myself now and I'm yeah. like, really? Because we're undoing a couple of decades of that shit. So if I tell you that you can just choose, that's not what you want to hear. Well, it may not. It's not even that they, they don't want to hear it. It's it's like, okay, that sounds great. How do we do that? Right. Right. That's exactly you right. You start by questioning. Yes, you start by questioning, and then you also reinforce these new notions or these new beliefs that you want to attach to with your current environment, behavior, and self-talk. So for instance, 
If you now are deciding, I'm going to give myself radical permission to love myself now, guess what? That means people who you hang out with who wouldn't think that that's awesome are now detrimental to you moving into this powerful place. Yeah. That means talking mad shit to yourself has to stop. And we've done tons of episodes about that too, like what to do with your inner shit talker. And you also have to really be aware of your own behaviors. So for instance, if one of your massive triggers is around your ex and you have this behavior of going online and stalking their Facebook page, that is something you are doing to condition an old belief pattern that you're trying to break free from. Yeah. So stop sabotaging yourself. So, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. So the third thing is, is really kind of parallel to number one, which is decide that your goals are only about fulfillment. Your goals are now in service of you. They are about creating more fulfillment in your life instead of, I'll be happy only if I make partner, Mm -hmm. only if I get pregnant, only if this person loves me. That's a very different way to attain a goal. That's you're in service of the goals. That's exactly that right. You, you, your happiness is contingent on your achievement of that goal. Right. Instead of going, you know, like we were just saying, as something happens and you can just celebrate it. Like, dude, I, this thing that I really wanted to achieve, I did it and I'm fucking proud of myself and you get to celebrate it and it is in service of you. Right. Instead of going, I guess now I'm worthy for like two more seconds until I create a new goal that I have to go strive for. You know what's also interesting, if I might add in, is the type of people that you attract when you start doing this work. Ooh, say more. Well, when you start like finding self-love and really digging into yourself, you start looking at your environment a little bit differently. That's so true. Just like like we're using goals, Mm -hmm. you could put people in that spot too. Oh, yeah. Right? Like you're in service of people or people are in service of you kind of a thing. I mean, not not completely. Right. But I think what I'm saying is that when you start digging into yourself, you start to eliminate things that aren't uh, fitting in with the things that you're trying to accomplish for yourself. And that might include people. Yeah, absolutely. Or vice versa. You start really... Like getting confident and secure with yourself and confident, secure people get attracted to that. That's absolutely right. Right? I always love to say now we virtually have no shitty humans in our life. Like (laughs) we have such rich connections with people and I feel like they are nonstop. But not only is that because now we have – we are like-minded and we have this mutual common ground of self-love and confidence and personal development, but we also do not tolerate any less anymore because we've fostered this way of loving Mm -hmm. who we are. And the people that are there to use you kind of fall away because they realize that they can't. Because we won't tolerate Maybe it. even if it's subliminal, you know? I mean, remember your situation with that friend of yours who you used to work with and you, because of like kind of the work you were doing and figuring out things about who you are and what you want in your life, you're like, every time he calls me, he just wants something. Mm-hmm. And so you told him. I did. 
Like, yeah, I was like, seems like, hey, man, how you doing, man? Seems like every, t- every time you call me, you're looking for something. What do you need today? Yeah, you like, know? I'm on to you, and <clears throat> I choose not to spend my time right. with that. So, number four <laughs> is use your internal self-talk that supports this new choice. This is really about the reconditioning. This is about saying stuff to yourself like, I am more than my current circumstance. I am more than this shitty situation. This too shall pass. Or as I always use from Harvecker, cancel, cancel. cancel. Yeah. I choose not to focus on this. Like That's when you find one. yourself going off in the mirror about how heavy you are, your skin looks awful, or you're getting passed up for this job, or ugh, you know whatever it is, that negative self-talk, that's on you to start conditioning. It is exactly like physical fitness for your spiritual and mental self. It is a workout. You don't just magically make it happen the same way you don't magically get a six-pack. You fucking work for it. You absolutely have to work for how you speak to yourself. Yeah. It is flexing a new muscle that that has atrophied over decades. So give yourself some time to start implementing this new kindness. So any step, any step is positive and it's in the right direction because it's better than where you were before. Yeah. Right? So keep in mind when you're working with, okay, how do I how do I attach to this new belief? Look at all of the things that you are in control of. You can control your environment in a lot of ways. And that is who you choose to engage with. Do you necessarily am I saying quit your job if it's toxic? I'm not not I'm not no. You know, you might want to think about that down the line and create a plan, but I'm saying who are the people that you get wrapped up in, you know, obligations that you don't want to be around? You can say no, you can decline. You are responsible for how you choose to spend your time. So are yeah. you spending it with people who would build up this sort of a concept, right? Are you using self-talk that is fostering this sort of self-love? And are you using behaviors that are fostering this? So for instance, if you know that a certain television show always makes you feel like shit about yourself, like Next Top Model, or I don't know if that's even still on anymore. We don't have cable. But if there's something that's highly triggering for you, then don't watch it. Like that's a choice you're making that's making you feel (laughs) shitty about yourself. People call those guilty pleasures. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think it's, it's a little different. Like, it, it's it's a little different. I'm not going to get into all of that. But okay, um, <laughs> it's not really pleasure, though. Yeah. Guilty pleasure, I feel like, is something that, like, really doesn't have anything except a, I don't know, comical or entertainment piece to you. It doesn't cause you, like, detrimental self-talk. Okay. All right. I don't know. We'll save that for another podcast because otherwise, why is it called guilty pleasure? Because it's like Kardashians. Like, for instance. Yeah. Kardashians is guilty pleasure for me. That's detrimental to your health. It's detrimental to my health. It's so dumb. (laughs) It's so stupid. But when I watch it, I don't feel like shit. I don't feel awful. Like, I I actually enjoy it. It's like entertainment that you're kind of embarrassed you're entertained by. 
Okay. All right. That's what I think. Another topic. Yeah, yeah. Another day. Anyway. So those are four kind of ideas or concepts to start opening up this door to what if I could love who I am even though I'm not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. it's again, You like I said, you don't just get a six-pack because you're like, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, and you don't just put a electric belt on to get abs either. Right, that doesn't work. Yeah. Or we'd all be like, uh, <laughs> shaking in that belt. Stupid product. <laughs> Stupid product. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, guys. So if you, again, want to join us, go to theselfloverevolution.com. We would absolutely love to have you. And we'll be around these parts next week. So here is yes, to we will. loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs>